turn that switch on. Can everyone hear me? Joe told me the important thing about this is turn this switch off before you go in the bathroom. <laughs> so I couldn't test it very much. Well, good morning, everyone. Hope we all had a, uh, a wonderful Christmas. I don't know about you, but uh, I just can't believe that it's time to pull down that attic ladder and start putting the Christmas decorations back up. It just seems like it was a month ago that I was putting them back up last year. You know, when you're a kid, uh, it just seems like an eternity between Christmases. But when you're, you get a little older, it seems like that comes around almost every month. And uh, we view it a little differently. Maybe it's because of the knees going up and down that ladder get a little bit harder to climb up and down. Well, in looking at uh, uh, what to speak about today, when Doug had talked to me uh, uh, several weeks ago, he had asked if I would be willing to preach on the Sunday between Christmas and New Year's, and my first thought was, uh, everybody must be headed out of town, but obviously we're all here, and uh, I appreciate very much Doug asking me and uh, for the opportunity to do this. Uh, he had mentioned that he's gonna, he would be obviously finishing up the Advent series and be starting a new series in January. So it was just pretty open as far as a subject to speak on today. But one of the things that he had, had suggested and thought of was uh, maybe, maybe talking about reflections, reflections on the last year and uh, thinking about uh, the new year coming up. And the more I kind of thought about that with my weird mind going down different rabbit trails as I tend to do, uh, I, I couldn't help but think that this year is somewhat of a special year as it ends because it marks the end of the second decade of the 21st century. Here in about three days, we're going to begin a new decade. And uh, so I thought reflecting about the last year and reflecting about the last decade might be a timely thing to do. Thinking the way I do, I'm 71, and I'm thinking, you know, 10 years from now, I might not be around to reflect about the last decade, so maybe this is a good time to do this. And if I am around uh, at the end of the next decade, my reflectors are probably going to be quite a bit dimmer than they are now. So, and I know I'm not alone in this. Our ALDS group, I'm not the youngest one there, but I'm sure not the oldest. So we all got that to think about, you know, the reality of the next, the next decade coming up. So in, in thinking about reflections, I titled the sermon, Reflections from Down Here and from Up There. And as we go along, I'll talk more about what uh, those two perspectives are. But our goal in this exercise in reflections is to think back over the last year and to think back in about the last 10 years and see if there are some things that we can see in looking back over that period of time that might help us prepare for the next year and, and for the next decade. 
So that, that's our goal in this. And to start with first, as far as reflections from down here, from, from our perspective down here, what I would ask you to do in this process of reflecting today is think of a scale between 1 and 10, 1 being the lowest or the worst, and 10 being the best, being the highest. And I, I would ask you to do this. In thinking back over this last year, how would you have rated this last year on a scale of 1 to 10? Just think about that. How would you have rated this last year? Now, I know for some here, there have been some very wonderful, memorable events. There have been some births, children born, grandchildren born, great-grandchildren born. That makes for a good year, doesn't it? It makes for a year that you'd, you'd rate up there pretty high. Births, graduation. I know there's some that graduated this year, graduated from high school, some from college. And I know for me... Uh, one of the few dates that I can remember that I use as a password, which my wife tells me not to do, is when I graduated from high school. Because high school graduation for me was just one of the most transitional times in my life. It was just this adventure of going from being a kid to being an adult and going to college. And, and I have memories of that that are clearer than a lot of other things in the 71 years that I've lived. But graduation makes for a good year, doesn't it? There were some baptisms last year. What else could make for a better year than that? That would make it right way up there on the scale. There were some marriages that took place. Getting married, that makes for a good year. And I will say this to anybody, any man that got married or young man that got married, you better uh, remember that date. That makes for a good year. The key is do like Sharon and I did. We... Uh, we got married the day before Valentine's. I get about a six-month warning ahead of time as they start advertising for Valentine's Day. And then you can double up on the gifts too, but that's... Retirement is another thing. I know some retired this last year. Now that makes for a great time, doesn't it? Something you've saved for and worked for for so long. That makes for a great year, a good year. And maybe for others, you say, well, you know, uh, didn't any of those things happen? Uh, maybe your thought of this year and looking back, say it's kind of an average year, maybe a four or five on your scale. And yet for some, just asking that, you know immediately what it was. It was a one. It was a one or a two. Because something in your life happened, maybe a diagnosis from a doctor, maybe someone in the family having cancer, and you have no doubt whatsoever how you would rate and you look back on uh, 2019. Maybe for some, it was a broken relationship, a broken relationship between a parent and a child, or maybe a grandparent grandchild or maybe it was a broken relationship between a husband and a wife those things make for low ratings on the scale and there are others here that death death this last year of a loved one 
of a mother or father or a brother or a sister or a husband or a wife. That just makes for a one that is just no question how 2019 will be always looked back on and remembered. So as we look at this group today and you think about it, We've got the entire scale probably covered. If we went around the room and could ask everyone, we'd have someone there that, man, I graduated. This is a 10. This was so great. I got married. It's a 9 or a 10. And you've got others that, no, it was lower. And then you've got others that it's an absolute 1. So it just, it, it just covers that entire scale between 1 and 10. So in thinking about that, this last year, to put this last year maybe in more perspective for us, let's, let's talk about and reflect on the last 10 years. Now, I know <laughs> this is short notice for those of us that can't remember last week about a lot of things, but just... Think back, and I, I've got, the, I've got the, the advantage here because I've been thinking about this for two or three weeks, and, and my wife is great with dates, so I've got certain memories of things I know happened in the last 10 years, but I have no idea necessarily what year it happened. So I, I, I am able to place some, some years with some of those memories. But just think back over the last 10 years and think back over how you would have rated some of those years. And think, think of some of those events that we've talked about, some of those that make for the eights or nines. I'm sure some of those happened for you in the past 10 years. And maybe there were some things that happened in the last 10 years that took it to a one. But just think back on the last 10 years and think about that. Now, uh, one of the first things I did to kind of think back over it is just who was the president of the United States at the beginning of this last decade in January of 2010. That kind of helps spark your memory. If you're saying Dwight Eisenhower, then we do, we do have some memory issues here. <laughs> but it was Barack Obama, you know. And in some ways that doesn't seem like that was that long ago. That was his second year uh, of his first term in office. But you know, when I think back about 2010, I don't um I don't have much that I remember about then. It's it's it was just kind of a I think an average year. And that may be the way it is for you. But that was distinctly different uh in 2011. Because 2011 was one of those years that was a one. There was a one. That was a year that our grandson died. So 2011 is always going to have that memory. That's always going to be a time that we're going to always look back on and reflect on. And that was a very, very sad time. And I know because I've been here for most of the last decade that there were those same ones for a lot of you. It's a different year, but the same thing, loss of a loved one, loss of a loved one. Because over the last decade, we've lost 
several, several pillar members of this church. So as you look at those, those last 10 years, one of the things that I look at is this. 2011 was the one, but you know, in 2016, we had a little redhead born that lifted the scale way up, a granddaughter. And also look at 2017, we retired. So there were things throughout the last 10 years. And I think as all of you think about those things in your life over the last 10 years, that we all would see that there is somewhat of a pattern there. Our years are not going to match up, but we're going to be going through highs and lows when we think back over the last 10 years. We're going to have some great times and memories and reflections, and we're going to have some sad times. There's going to be those ups and those downs. What C.S. Lewis in his book, uh, Screwtape Letters, he called them the undulations of life, the peaks and the troughs. He called them troughs. He says this in his book, He said, uh, if you had watched the Christian carefully, you would have witnessed this undulation in every department of his life, his interest in his work, his affection for his friends, his physical appetites, they all go up and down. As long as he lives on earth, periods of emotional richness will alternate with periods of numbness and poverty. The natural phenomenon of the ups and downs of natural human life. The ups and downs of life. And that leads us in thinking about reflections from down here to reflections up there. One of the things Lewis continues to say, he says this about the peaks and the troughs of life. He says, now it may surprise you to learn that in God's efforts to get permanent possession of our soul, he relies on the troughs even more than on the peaks. Some of his special favorites have gone through longer and deeper troughs than anyone else. The peaks and the troughs. So in reflecting on undulations in our life, over the last decade and how we've rated them on our scale from down here. The question that I want to ask is this, how do you think God, how do you think God would have rated those last 10 years of your life from up there? How would he have rated those last 10 years of your life and those peaks and those troughs. So in thinking of reflections from up there and asking ourselves how God might view the last 10 years of our lives based on our relationship with him, it's important to be reminded of some of the things that we know about God's perspective. And we don't know everything at all, but we do know this from Scripture. 
that it is God's ultimate objective with everything that happens in our lives as Christians is to have us with him for all eternity. That's what his objective is, having us with him for all eternity. What C.S. Lewis described as he wants permanent possession of our souls. And in knowing that, and knowing that perspective, it's not about this life. With God, this life is a dress rehearsal for what's being prepared for eternal life. So that perspective is, is important to keep in mind. So in looking back over your last 10 years, and maybe some of those highs and lows as you think back and remember some of those, asking yourself, how would God have viewed those same times? And I know in looking back uh, uh, for, for Sharon and me, uh, uh, that year 2011 that was just an absolute one from down here, there were things that happened in that year in our lives uh, spiritually that wouldn't have happened any other way. There were things that we looked at and examined and questioned and grew through that didn't happen in the same way in any other year. And there were decisions that we made that ultimately resulted uh, in us becoming a part of this church family. Getting over uh, baggage, spiritual baggage of the past and, and that trough that we went through that was so low, you can't help but think in the way that God would view that year, he would have rated that year much differently, much higher. And I dare say for that story of mine, that story can be duplicated by many of you that have gone through those troughs and what that does eventually do in your relationship with God and how it is that God views that so much differently. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 7, and this is a scripture that we all have memorized in the past and can probably quote it from memory, but you just probably don't remember where it was where it was, that's the way it is with me, but this is in the King James. It's probably the way we all memorized it years ago. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. The trials of your faith, the troughs, the trials of your faith, are more precious than gold to God. What is it? What is it that tries our faith? I dare say if you look back over the last 10 years, what tried your faith are the same things that caused you to rate those years ones. Some of those same things that we talked about in the beginning, whether it's a death or whether it's a broken relationship or whether it's a, a terminal illness or whatever it is, those are the things 
that try our faith. And when we encounter those things, what is it that happens? We encounter things that we can't do anything about. And when you encounter things you can't do anything about, what do you have to do? You have to rely on your faith. When you get to a point that you become helpless, when you're in something that you can't fix, those are the things, those are the things that try your faith. Now, why would that be so precious to God? Why would those trials be so precious to God? Is it because God wants to see us suffer? Obviously not. Obviously not. Well, I'm going to try to use an example, and if I can do this without getting too emotional, but I'm 71, so you'll have to just bear with me on this. But I want to use the example I think that you can, you can all relate to as parents and as grandparents and, and maybe helping us to have a little bit of a glimpse of how God sees us when we're going through those ones, those ones we scale in our life. Uh, my granddaughter, uh, Amiri, when she uh, gets real scared, if something scares her and she's frightened, or if, if she's, she's hurt, or if she's in a room where she's running around and she doesn't know anybody and then she sees me and, uh, and, and she comes running up to me, uh, she's got something that she says, uh, and she kind of turns the words around. She lifts up her arms to me and she says, uh, she says, Papa, I need to hold you. Papa, I need to hold you. Anyway, and she turns that around and, uh, and to pick her up and hold her, you know, when she's like that and she's frightened, she's scared, uh, that, that is just uh, something that I'm going to remember. And I remember those words long after she's done a lot of other things. And, of course, as she grows up, she won't be reacting the same way. But as a little girl right now, that is so special. Now, why is that, why is that special to us? And because I know you've all experienced that same thing, too, in one way or another with your kids or grandkids. Is it because we like for them to be scared or hurt or, or frightened? You know, is it, is it, you know, obviously not. We, we cherish that. I cherish that. You cherish that because they're looking to us for comfort, for protection, for lifting them up and carrying them. And, and that is something that is so special that you'll always remember. And that is also helps to give us maybe a little bit of a glimpse, a little bit of a glimpse into what it's like when we are going through those troughs and we are so broken and so hurt and so sad to maybe know what it is that God feels like when we reach up our arms and say, Abba, Father. I told you you'd have to bear with this. But when, when we say to him, Abba, Father, I need you to hold me.
That is a something God cherishes. In the same way, in a limited way, that we as parents or grandparents feel that. That phrase, Abba, Father, is found in three passages uh, in Scripture. And the most significant one, I think, is in Mark 14 and verse 36. When Jesus reached up his arms to God in the Garden of Gethsemane. That's where that phrase is used. It's used in two other places as well. But Abba, Father. And if there's ever a time in our Savior's life that he needed to be held by his Father, it was then. Because if we ever think that we are too big spiritually to need to be held and picked up and carried, we might reconsider the words we've read so many times in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 3, where he says, Truly I tell you this, that unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of God. Never getting too big to be held. So in thinking about that and what to expect over the next decade, what do you think we can expect? Undulations. Undulations. There's going to be some eights and nines, we hope. There's going to be some great times of memorable celebration. And there's going to be some times that are kind of average, and there's going to be some times that are going to be those troughs. That's just as sure as the sun is going to rise tomorrow. The undulations of life. So what might be uh, a good New Year's resolution instead of the ones we always make that we never keep on going on a diet and getting in shape and all those things? Maybe it's a prayer that we ask God to help us to see life in the way that he sees it up there, the way he sees it up there. And when we're in those troughs and when we're seeing it from down here is the worst year of all. It's an opportunity and a time to see it, if we can, from God's perspective and help us to realize that it's not about this life. It's about eternal life. This is just the dress rehearsal. And to keep our arms lifted up to God, not just during the years that we rate as ones or twos, but the years we rate as the nines and tens, to do it then too. Always acknowledging to our Lord how much we need him to hold us and carry us.